Blog Talk Radio. cannot keep the NFL away. I tell you what, it is impenetrable. That's a word I'm never going to be able to use again. My name is Sean Mark Lassell, Presidente. Welcome aboard. Over the next two hours, we are going to be doing our annual balance mock draft, and we've got a full panel of experts uh, with us. Mo from the BS Sports Show, Adam Jividen, Super Browns fan, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. We will be breaking down round by uh, pick by pick, at least for the first round. If we get a little time, when well, maybe we'll get in, dabble into the second round. Uh, but we'll definitely get the, the uh, first uh, round uh, underway. 917-889-8516 is our digits if you want to join us and, uh, and talk with us a little bit about your mock draft picks, uh, who your team will be. We'll focus in heavy. On the Browns, the Bears, the Eagles, and the Colts. Obviously, that's our our uh, homer uh, teams that we play here on uh, the balance. We'll absolutely be doing that again. Nine one seven eight nine eight five one six. We'll be right back, right here to kick off our annual balance mock draft. National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, 
Guarding America, defending freedom. Okay, okay. I can't believe it. I've been playing 4 on 4 with a barbershop quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Morning face. You get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mates. Ow, they're one of my eyes. We're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. You know, back then I was a little baby. Sweet and greasy. Gotta love bread. I know. You know, there's sandwich bread over there oh, next yeah. to the coffee. I eat bread in the bathtub. Hey, that's gross to me. There's a lot I've been feeling lately. Uh, why is there a hearse at my house? Night screams. The new fun of the kids. Billy! Billy! My Billy! Billy, where are you, Billy? I need to talk to you regarding money. I stomped on all the fun chunks. My grief has a scent like suffering. A rust- digits. Time to kick off our annual balance mock draft, and we are ready to rock and roll. Starting things off with this is Mo from the BS Sports Show and Adam Jividen, Super Browns fan. We'll start with you, Mo. How are you, sir? Are you still surviving uh, through all of this quarantine world that we're in? I hear you. You know, everybody was like at the beginning, I'm so thankful that we've got all this family time. And now everybody's like, I've had too much family time. Joining us also, Adam Jividen, Super Browns fan. How are you, Adam? Welcome aboard to our annual. How how are you surviving? Fantastic. I'm I'm hanging in there. I wish it was warmer to, to be able to like enjoy the backyard and things like that. But, uh, it is what it is. I'll tell you what, I am ready for some warm weather. I think we're going to have a, a nice weekend. How are you surviving with the uh, uh, quarantine with a, a very active toddler that you have there at the house? Most days are good, but the rough days could <laughs> <laughs> be a challenge. I hear you. Well, we're going to get things uh, rocking and rolling, guys, and, and, and uh, what uh, – uh, Ed Kratz will be joining us here in about 30 minutes, and we'll kind of get through some of this stuff. I don't know how long you can stay, Mo, but uh, let's just kind of uh, talk about the, the just the story overall. Let's just uh, talk about the, the elephant in the room, and this is going to be a draft like uh, none other before in the past. Uh, obviously, not going to be at in the large arena and not, not around fans. It's going to be in a very virtual world, and there will be cameras and 
uh, players' homes, uh, and everything will be done virtual. This is a completely different world. It's going to be a different feel, but it's the new normal where we're at now, and we've had some time to get adjusted to this virtual world. I'm kind of interested to see how it's going to all play out uh, later on in the week. Uh, But, uh, Mo, what are your thoughts about uh, how the NFL, first of all, how have they they've been able to sustain through all of this whereas they're the only sport that that's around uh and second of all what what are your thoughts about how the nfl draft is going to be taking place this year i mean normally this would probably be something i would complain about but i'm just happy that there's actually something going on that i can sink my teeth into finally so I, i'm happy that uh, the nfl draft has continued and they haven't pushed it back I was so uh, I was so desperate for sports. I watched some of the WNBA draft last night, so I, I'm just excited it's happening. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, Adam, what are, what are your thoughts on how the NFL has handled this throughout all of this? And and, and let's face it, uh, we we know that this isn't the end of the world, and we're going to get through it on the other side. But uh, the fact that we're going to have the NFL draft later this week that just that, that's just a positive thing, even if it is in the virtual world. Yeah, you know, I, like Mo said, I'm just I'm just ready to have something to talk about. Um, I, I've been anxious for the draft. I'm usually anxious for the draft, but I, I think this time, I'm just it's not having anything else go on. You're just like desperate for something to talk about. I do think it's going to be interesting because I think because of the new because of this format, I, there's going to be a lot more quote unquote surprise picks than we've ever seen before. Because I really think a lot of the NFL media doesn't actually have a clue as to what's going to happen. You know, and I've heard different people talk about that this week. Clay Travis and others talk about how this could be a a shocker. Uh, what are some of these surprises, Mo, that you might think might happen uh, that that we're not expecting? Maybe the uh, Mister Irrelevant becomes relevant. I need to stop using big words. It's just not. It's just not in my forte. <laughs> maybe it's not so much surprise picks to me as maybe some surprise moves by teams, some some trades that maybe we don't expect, some teams maybe who normally aren't teams that that tend to move up. You know, the uh, the Colts have a couple of interesting second round picks that maybe they could package to move back into the first round if they so needed to. So I don't know if maybe it's so much surprise picks for me, but maybe teams doing some moving that normally don't. Maybe the Patriots moving up that are on a team that normally does that. So. I'm looking for teams to uh, maybe make some trades that they normally don't. Well, today's April 18th, 2020. Uh, does anybody know what happened April 18th, 1990? Uh, no. Any 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 takers, Adam? I, I was, April 18th, like, 1998. Was it the I first draft for the Browns? Peyton Manning is officially drafted number one overall by the Indianapolis Colts. Old number eight. Dean helped turn Indy into a football state. Four times MVP, one time Super Bowl win, two time appearances in the Super Bowl, uh, nine consecutive seasons with 10 plus wins, and 11 Pro Bowls in um, eight time All Pro. What a stud. Peyton Manning lives in the legacy. Here in Indianapolis, we got a statue right outside of him. So let's uh, <laughs> had to kick that off, man. That's Peyton Manning, right? 
Uh, we're not going back to the Peyton Manning days with Philip Rivers, but I do think uh, Mo and Adam will start with the Homer teams here, and then we'll start kind of getting into our picks here. Uh, we're kind of um, Ed's going to be joining us at nine thirty, but. Um, so, uh, Mo, let's talk a little bit about this. Obviously, we you probably saw, or if not, it's on our social media, uh, Chris Ballard's virtual press conference, uh, basically, you know, saying, hey, we're, we're pretty solid this year with the uh, quarterback situation. We had talked that maybe they were going to draft a quarterback for that number three slot. That's still a possibility that that may happen. Uh, but I don't see that happening in the first round. Uh, so, we've got Phillip Rivers. We've got Jacoby Brissett, quarterback, in the first round, Mo. I'll be extremely shocked. Well, you know, uh, a lot of folks have, have thought the Colts will uh, move one of their second-round picks and a later-round pick to move back up in a spot that uh, that most people think. I think that's going to happen is number 27 uh, with the Seahawks because John Schneider, their uh, GM, has traded their first-round pick every year since 2012. So uh, if they do it, it would probably be there to move in the number 27 spot to take Jordan Love from Utah State. The Colts really need help at wide receiver, though, let's be honest. There's there's a lack of weapons there for Phillip Rivers uh, to throw to. I know there's been inquiries from the Minnesota Vikings uh, about uh, T.Y. Hilton, uh, which is something you know, maybe the Colts would look at. Uh, he has been injury-prone the last couple of years. Uh, but uh, they definitely need help at wide receiver and badly. So if they uh, do move one of those uh, second-round picks, they would probably move up into the first round and take Jordan Love from Utah State. And you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm not a, a Jordan Love hater by any stretch of the imagination. He didn't have a very good uh, combine. Adam, what are your thoughts on the, on the round one, uh, first round with the Indianapolis Colts, probably going with the wide receiver? Uh, who do you think they'll, they'll end up picking? Well, I, I mean, the wide receiver pool this year is is super, super deep. You know, Ballard has traded up for when specific people have slid or, or, or made trades when specific things are on the board that he wants. I think, of, for example, he knew that Quentin Nelson would be available at six when he slid back um, in, in that draft. I, I think a lot of it's going to depend on who's there. Um a lot of the Colts receivers were hurt last year, and the Colts did draft Paris Campbell out of Ohio State last year, so that is some help um, that should come. I, I think, it, depending on how the board breaks, there's a handful of guys that I can see the Colts make a move for, like a Michael Pittman Jr. Um, he would be a good example of somebody that they would make a move for. I think a guy that would look great in the blue and white they need to do is K.J. Hill, um, also from Ohio State. He was the – he is now the all-time receptions leader at Ohio State, and he's one of those guys that didn't light up the combine, but then you're going to look at him and he's going to have like a 10-year career where he's just been phenomenal in the slot. And they're like, oh, yeah, we should have had a better grade on this dude because he's just a great football player. Every big Ohio State game he had a significant role in. Um, so I, I think that would be a scenario – well, they may not even have to trade up to go get somebody. Mo, uh, what what are your thoughts about the kid uh, from Arizona State, um, um, uh, Brandon Ajuk? Is that how you say his last name, Ajuk? You know I'm not Ayuk. good with names. Ajuk. 
Mo, what are your thoughts on uh, uh, Arizona, Brandon Ayuk uh, being their first overall wide receiver pick or the guy from uh, USC, Michael Pittman uh, Jr. there? Uh, I think those are two of the people that the Colts got to look at in their first round pick for the, uh, the draft. Yeah, you know, uh, there's been a lot of talk about the uh, kid from Arizona State. What I would probably like to see the Colts do if they don't move back into the first round is move up to an earlier second-round pick and try to get T. Higgins, the wide receiver from Clemson. You talk about a guy uh, who's a big-game receiver. Uh, you know, because of the wide receiver class is so deep, like Adam said, that you know, he's a guy who's probably going to slide into that top of that second round. Uh, you know, and, and I think he's a guy who can make a difference. But, again, we're talking about guys. You know, we saw Paris Campbell come into the NFL last year, a guy who's been phenomenal uh, in college who had some injuries to deal with. And then you've got to take up a brand new system. And, you know, people tend to forget that where you can be a great college player, when you get in the NFL, everybody's great, you know. So uh, sometimes things just don't pan out. I, I think Paris Campbell is going to be fine. Uh, he's a guy I wanted the Colts to draft last year. I, I do like his skill set. He's just got to stay healthy. But I, I think at, at some point the Colts need to find a uh, another veteran wide receiver who has made his mark in the NFL. And it's, you know, a, a second-round pick, to get you one of those guys. You know, there are, are some still guys out there available, I think, that can be traded for uh, with a high second-round pick. Uh, but, uh, you know, the kid from Arizona State is, is a fine pick. But if you're going to pick up a wide receiver in the second round, I really like T. Higgins, uh, the wide receiver out of Clemson. Well, guys, let's talk a little bit about the Cleveland Browns. You guys both have an interest in that. I know, Mo, you covered in the media as well as, as the Bears, and we all know that Adam is a super Browns fan. So let's just uh, let's throw this out there. We'll start with you, Adam. Rumor has it. Maybe it's a rumor. You know, wherever there's a rumor, there's, there's a little truth to every little lie they say. Trading Odell Beckman, the draft is coming. Uh, Adam, let's talk some Cleveland Browns. Well, Paul DePodesta – Completely shot down the Odell rumor um, two days ago. I, I think it was put out there by Minnesota. Everybody knows that Minnesota is trying to bring in a veteran receiver since they traded Stephon Diggs. Um, what I don't understand is they don't have a ton of cap space to bring in said veteran wide receiver because they've given Kirk Cousins the bank. So I, I think I think that's a lot of Minnesota's media that's trying to stir up interest because they have a fan base right now that's very frustrated by the Stephon Diggs trade. Um, I don't know. I I, I, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, every chance that he's had an opportunity to, um, Paul DiPodesto and uh, Andrew Barry has said that, that Odell is not on the trade block and they have no interest in trading him at this time. So, I, I don't think that's I don't think it's gonna happen. I, I just there's a lot of the team the team realized that last year with our coaching decision was a, a huge miss and I think they want to see what this group can do together led by some competent coaching. Uh, we're we're joined now also by Matthew Embry, who's joining the panel with us. Matthew Embry, WSBT up in South Bend. He handles our uh, IndyCar, but he's also uh, very much into as he uh, uh, works for the flagship station up there in South Bend for Notre Dame. So he's very much into college football. Uh, Matthew, real quickly, how are you, sir? And uh, give us uh, your overall, just a, a quick glance on 
on how we're doing the draft this year and, and what are your thoughts? We're getting ready to uh, continue our conversation about the Cleveland Browns, but go ahead. What are your thoughts about some Notre Dame uh, prospects or initial thoughts on the NFL draft coming up? Right now, I think the question at this point is, is Chase Claypool with the abundance of wide receivers going to become a day three pick? And I think that's going to be, unfortunately, the scenario. Uh, as far as the Colts are concerned, I think there are three needs they need to hit on in this draft. Number one, they need to find a wide receiver to play alongside, if not two wide receivers to play alongside T.Y. Hilton. As we know, T.Y. Hilton is undersized. He is prone to injury, and he's getting up there in age. And the other options there, the Chester Rogers, the Devin Punchesses, just have not worked out for them. So they, I don't think they necessarily need to trade up to get one, but I think they need to seriously think about taking at least one, if not two, in this draft. Then secondly, I think they need to improve their offensive tackle position because, let's face it, Quentin Nelson can't play at every single line position. I mean, we wish we could, but... Unfortunately, that's not possible, and the tackle play for them is just not simply getting the job done. And then I think defensive tackle and the line also needs improvement because you have question marks about a few players there being unrestricted free agents, et cetera, either this year or next year. So I think if if they do anything right in this draft, they need to take a receiver, they need help on the offensive line, and they need help on the defensive line if you're a Colts fan. Well, I can tell you one thing. Don't tell Quentin Nelson he can't play every position. I, I think back to that last year, that trick play they did, Mo, uh, with Quentin Nelson and did the old shake and bake uh, in Mixer uh, That was pretty pretty freaking cool, I have to admit. Uh, Mo, let's continue on with it with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, you know, and, and, and Adam will let you chime in on this guy as well as you're an Ohio State guy. Uh, but uh, Jeff uh, Okadoa, and I know I messed it up, so you guys could correct me on that. I don't know that the quarterback position is really a need for the Browns, but if he became available early in the draft, I think it would be hard for the Browns to pass him up, Mo. Yeah, you know, I agree with you. I just, I don't, I don't see him making it past the Detroit Lions at three. Uh, You know, for me and, you know, covering the Browns, uh, I I really think that uh, they're going to go with an offensive line position. That was one of their biggest downfalls last year was that offensive line. Uh, we know they signed Jack Conklin to a three-year deal in free agency, but uh, they, they have a huge need at left tackle. And uh, I really like Tristan Wurst, the offensive tackle from Iowa. The dude is freakishly athletic. Uh, he's a, a four-year starter at Iowa and uh, can play either tackle position. So that's that's the guy I like for them uh, at 10. Uh, they they still need to show up that offensive line to give Baker Mayfield and his offense a chance to operate. Because without that, it doesn't matter who they have at wide receiver, whether uh, Odell is there or not. Uh, they're not going to get the ball out like they couldn't last year without an offensive line. So I think at 10, they definitely go uh, with an offensive lineman. Adam, let's talk a little bit about this Ohio State stud. But, you know, more importantly than a quarter a cornerback, I think the Browns are really in need of a safety. And uh, certainly as, as they signed Carl Joseph and Andrew Cedillo, uh, but you got to look at uh, Grant Dielfeld uh, from LSU, uh, also being a possible candidate there uh, early rounds for the, for the Browns, uh, Adam. Yeah, I mean, Grant Dielfeld could be um, in round two. Uh, the guy for the Browns that I really like in round two is Jeremy Chin out of Southern Illinois. Um, he one of those guys that I, I think is going to be a small school stud. Um, 
super athletic. You, uh, a lot of people are calling him like Isaiah Simmons light. Um, so I, I would I would lean towards going offensive tackle with your first round pick and safety with your second round pick. Delpit's definitely the big name at the position, and and a lot of people think he'll be there um, in round two. But I really really like Jeremy Chin. Well, let's talk a little bit about the Bears. The Bears need a quarterback. Uh, do they wait till round two, or do they? You think they'll try to snag up a quarterback in round one? Well, the Raiders own their first round pick still um, from uh, getting Khalil Mack. So, uh, if they're going to go after a quarterback, it is going to be round two, and it'll be interesting to see. You know what the Bears decide to do, what type of quarterback they're looking for. Obviously, the uh, Mitchell Trubisky experiment that uh, did not work. Uh, so, you know, when it gets into quarterbacks in, into the second round, it's going to depend. Uh, I think for them, who's available. Uh, they also need help at the secondary position. Uh, right now, I, I have uh, uh, Damon Arnett, the cornerback from Ohio State, slotted for them uh, in round two. It's just it's going to depend uh, for them, you know, who's available, I think, at this point. I think the Bears are content waiting another year if they have to with Nick Foles now on the roster. There are other positions that definitely need help for the Bears. Uh, but as far as the quarterback goes, I think it's going to depend uh, who they like and who's still available uh, when it comes around to them at uh, pick number 43 in the second round. Uh, Matthew, let's talk a little bit about Cole Komet. Uh, uh, what are your thoughts about tight end? He could end up with the Packers in the first round, uh, uh, number 30, uh, with, the, with the Packers, uh, tight end Cole Komet. Well, you talk about uh, the Packers. Uh, the best tight end they've had a long time ago was Mark Shimura. And I got to say, I don't know about you guys, but uh, I see a few things that uh, tied to Chewy with uh, Cole Komet. Now, granted, I don't think he's the best pass catcher uh, in the business, but uh, like, say, like a Tyler Eifert was, he came out and was taken by the Bengals. But uh, I think there's a good thing as far as a blocker and a bruiser or the running game. Uh, I think the thing, though, as far as Komet, if he's going to be at the level of, say, uh, Mark Samura was, he's got to work on his pass-testing abilities to be able to do that, get that done. Now, that's something I think that he's working on, but uh, that's the one thing I think that could hold him back uh, if he is not successful in the NFL is he needs to improve his hands and his pass-catching abilities. Cause that was one thing in college. He was not necessarily a main target for Ian Book. Adam, I know you're a self-proclaimed expert of the Ohio State Buckeyes. I will not proclaim to know more about the Ohio State Buckeyes than you. So what I'm going to do is have you talk with us a little bit about the 2020 draft class of the Ohio State Buckeyes, where they land, where they go, what are your thoughts, and uh, what say you, sir? Oh, gosh. Uh, It's another unbelievably deep class uh, from Ohio State, obviously headlined by – uh, Chase Young, who should, unless they're idiots, go number two to Washington. Um, and then Jeffrey Okuda, uh, who should go number three to Detroit. And if he doesn't uh, go three, that would be because some, maybe they trade out or take Derek Brown from Auburn, and in which case I think he'll slide no further than like five or six. Um, kind of the next tier of guys from – uh, the Ohio State University it would be J.K. Dobbins, um, the running back that like everyone's forgot about because he didn't participate in the combine, and then they forget that oh yeah, the dude picked up 2,000 yards in his junior season. 
um, and is now the number two all-time rusher at Ohio State uh, after only his junior year, um, and not a lot, and not as many carries as like a Jonathan Taylor, for example. Um, but you've got uh, J.K. Dobbins. I think he could end up with a team like the Chiefs. Um, or, or in the early second round for some running back needy teams. Um, I think of like, you know, teams that are at the top of the board um, that could that could use him. Um, as Mo mentioned, Damon Arnett came off of a stellar senior year. Um, I will be honest, about every Ohio State fan, when they heard that Damon Arnett was coming back for a senior year, had a collective groan. And then he had by far – the best rebound season we've seen in years from an Ohio State prospect um, went from somebody that we didn't even want on the field to playing himself into the second day um, uh, as, as about a mid-tier second-round pick. The next guy off the board for, for Ohio State should be one of two players. Um, it's either going to be Jonah Jackson, who played left guard. Uh, he was a, a fifth-year transfer from Rutgers, just an absolute road grader of an offensive lineman, um, couldn't fit in very well in a lot of places. Uh, depending on what happens earlier, I could see teams, a team like the Browns um, draft him to put him in at the right guard position because he can play either of those guard spots. Um, but he, he's going to go early. The next one is going to be Davon Hamilton, um, who had, again, another great senior year. If you look at the defensive line play for Ohio State, Everybody focused on Chase Young, as they should have. And then if somebody in the middle was wreaking havoc, it was typically Devon Hamilton or a Robert Landers. Um, and that kind of takes us to the next tier of guys. There's a few guys that could go late, that could go undrafted. But I think this year you actually have, because of what happened and teams not getting um, to see guys up close at the facilities or at their pro days, you could see some guys – they kind of slipped through the cracks a little bit. And some of those from Ohio State would be somebody like a Robert Landers, the other defensive tackle. He was a three-year starter on the defensive line. And BB was just always around the ball. Um, you could see Austin Mack, um, a wide receiver from Fort Wayne. Um, he could be um, an undrafted free agent who could come in and kind of fill in one of those um, spots, uh, like on the practice squad or as like a low um, like a you know a fifth receiver for a team, or a team could take a, a, a chance on on a Benjamin Victor. Benjamin Victor is one of those guys. He is six two, long. He just kind of glides when he runs. Um, he's had issues with his hands, but you get him in the right system in the right place, and he could really um, be one of those guys that kind of quote unquote comes out of nowhere uh, to to succeed with with Victor. It's a matter of how bad does he want it. All the physical tools have always been there. It just took them a while to start to put it all together. This is our annual balance mock draft. Adam Jividen, Super Browns fan, joins us to help us break down the Ohio State Buckeyes Class 2020. Joining us now, we're stepping up our game now to the A game. We're now moving from the practice squad to the actual team. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, our official NFL contributor. How are you, sir? Hey, good morning, guys. How's everybody? 
We are rocking and rolling, man. We're ready to go this round by, by, by round. Uh, we've been talking a little bit just about how the NFL is approaching uh, the draft and looking at some other teams. Uh, we want to give you the uh, opportunity to talk the homer card with you with the Eagles and the draft, and we've been following a lot of the stuff you've been posting uh, with the draft. Uh, but uh, let's talk a little bit about the Eagles, and then we'll get into the, these uh, uh, picks and get into our official mock draft for 2020. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been kind of a busy week considering, you know, where we're at with society being shut down and everything. But uh, there's been a lot of conference calls with some of the uh, NFL draft experts, so to speak, like Mel Kuyper and Daniel Jeremiah. Daniel Jeremiah is just terrific. Um, he was on a conference call earlier this week, and, uh, you know, he's just so good. He should really be a general manager in this league, to be honest with you. But, uh, you know, he's with the NFL Network. He does a great job scouting and. You know, he was on for about two hours on a conference call, which was amazing. Uh, and then the Eagles made Howie Roseman and their VP of player personnel, Andy Weidel, available this week. So, um, you know, there's a lot, lot to chew on, that's for sure. And I, I think one of the things about this draft is it's just going to be kind of an unpredictable type of draft. And, and, and Jeremiah even alluded to it is, you know, a lot of people think some of these players are going to go where they're going to go. But don't be surprised if there's surprises because there hasn't been that group think mentality where – Players, coach, you know, coaches and executives from different teams are able to be together, uh, you know, during this offseason period and talk to one another more frequently. Uh, you don't have that. So you're going to see some players that I think are going to go earlier than expected. And I think you're going to have some players who people think are going to go earlier that are going to go uh, later. Uh, where the Eagles slot into all that, I know they're, you know, Howie Roseman's always very active in the draft in the first round. He's made trades in each of the last two years within the first round uh so he doesn't sit still he's a very aggressive general manager and i know he's going to be on the prowl to try to move up might be a little too steep for him if he if he can't move up he may move back i i think that's probably the favorite is he's probably going to move back but right now they sit at 21 and there's you know obviously they need a receiver um so they could easily take one at that spot but you know we'll see well, guys, let's get right into this, uh, and uh, we're going to uh, just uh, hold off on the break so we can kind of get through all of this, at least get through uh, round one, and we'll try to do the first five picks, at, at, and we'll get those up on social media, so better make, make them good because uh, we will we – will, uh, Shame publicly shame you if you're wrong. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Certainly one of the biggest stories of, of the draft is Tua, so we'll see where that lands. We're going to start with you, Adam, because you're our, our non-media guest, and we'll go around the horn to Adam, Mo, Ed, Matt, and myself. That'll be the rounds that, that we go. And so, uh, Adam, you're on the clock, the Cincinnati Bengals round one. Uh, easiest pick ever, Joe Burrow, quarterback, LSU. Mo, you're on the clock. Round one, the Bengals. Uh, I mean, the Bengals, there's no doubt they're going to Joe Burrow. Ed, you're on the clock. Round one, the Bengals. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm going to go Joe Burrow, too. That would be a huge surprise if it's not Joe Burrow. Matt, you're on the clock. Round one, the Bengals. The sure thing is the Bengals will take Joe Burrow. The unsure thing is will they be able to sign him? That's my concern as far as the Bengals taking Joe Burrow. Will they be able to sign him? A valid point. Certainly have a conversation with that after the 
the draft. Well, I'm I'm not going to rock the ship on this one. I mean, this is just too easy. This is just too easy. Round one, Joe Bur- Burrow goes to the Bengals. I would be shocked on that. Adam, let's go round two. Uh, I mean, pick two. Sorry, round one, pick two. You guys know where we're at. Uh, the Washington Redskins, Adam. Uh, another easy pick. I think this has been locked in for a while. Ron Rivera made hay in Carolina with a good defensive line, a great defensive line that was always headlined by Julius Peppers. It is Chase Young from the Ohio State University. Oh, I thought we might see a Tua there. Go ahead, uh, Mo. What are your thoughts? Washington Redskins. And I, I could have well, guessed, though, you would have picked Chase Young there, Adam, just for the record. That was, a, that was, an, easy, that was an easy, if I could predict what Adam's going to pick, it would be that one. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead, Mo. It should be Chase Young, but it's the Washington Redskins, and they've done a lot of dumb crap over the last 10 years. So who knows, really? I mean, this, this could be the first place where we see maybe a surprise, but logic, and it should be Chase Young out of Ohio State. Ed, Washington Redskins. Well, uh, you know, Chase Young, if they take Chase Young, I mean, that Redskins front is going to be very formidable with, you know, they took Lamontez Sweat there uh, last year, uh, Jonathan Allen. I mean, they're building a defensive line like the 49ers used to get to the Super Bowl. But you know what? Just for the sake to shake this up, I'm going to go with Justin Herbert, the quarterback. I think I don't think um, Rivera loves Haskins. I think he wants a quarterback that he can build on, first-year head coach. They always like to have their quarterback in place. Uh, I'm going to go Justin Herbert from Oregon. Justin, Justin Herbert, there you go. Uh, Matthew, uh, Washington Redskins. I honestly think that they'll wait till the second round to take their quarterback. I think there's it could be a Jacob East big spawn there, so I will go with the uh, majority. They will take Chase Young from the Ohio State University defensive lineman. Well, here's the thing: Washington Redskins aren't the, the the sharpest tool in the shed. They're a few sandwiches short of a picnic. The elevator doesn't go all the way up. I could keep going on and keep going on. And the last time that they wanted to have a a top pick uh, with RG3 and the number two slot didn't work out so well. History's doomed to repeat itself with uh, the uh, Washington Redskins. I say the Redskins traded all the way up to number two to have Tua at the Redskins. That's my thoughts. I thought I'd get some pushback on that, but okay. Adam, <laughs> Adam, Adam here's another predictable pick for you, Detroit Lions, uh, pick number three. Maybe I'm wrong, but maybe I'm right on this. (laughs) It is a pretty cool pick because they they need it. But I will say, I don't know if y'all – did you guys see Tua's Wonderlick score yesterday when it was released? The dude's – No, I didn't. I missed that. A 13. That's the lowest score by a coming future potential starting quarterback since Vince Young with his eight. Teams are going to look at that and are going to be scared because Tua not only has uh, a, an extensive injury history, but Tua also may not also be like the Washington Redskins, the sharpest tool in the shed. Here he's a nice guy, but maybe he doesn't have it all upstairs. Um, so with that easy pick, the Detroit Lions are filling the need um, when they traded Darius Slade to the Eagles by drafting Jeffrey Okuda. So the Ohio State University goes back to back, number two, number three, and really kind of number one since we had originally signed Joe Burrow. 
Well, I, I, I can tell you one thing. Get, make sure you you guys always follow uh, Ed's uh, work, but he, he, he put up a pretty good article about the injury with Tua. So uh, go in and, and take time to read that. But, uh, uh, yeah, so we'll see what uh, see what happens there. Mo, you're on the clock. Uh, pick number three uh, with the Detroit Lions. Well, nobody more than the Lions, I think, are hoping that uh, Washington does go with a quarterback so they could draft Chase Young. Uh, out of Ohio State, but uh, if Chase Young holds true, number two, uh, I agree with Adam. Uh, Jeffrey Okada, the quarterback from Ohio State, is going three after they uh, moved uh, Darius Slay on to the Eagles. So uh, if Chase Young doesn't follow three, they're going cornerback at three. Uh, Ed, three, Detroit Lions. Yeah, you know, they did trade Slay. Uh, they did sign Trez, uh Desmond Trufant also to kind of beef up that cornerback spot. So um, they're not in, in dire need for a cornerback after doing that. So, I, you know, I had Herbert going too. So I'm going to go chase Young to the Lions at three. Matt, and let me Can I just add this about your Tua pick? I, I would push back on that Tua pick. I, I think he's a candidate that's primed for a drop. I know – uh, in talking to some, um, you know, personnel people this week, um, there's several teams that have taken him off their board completely. Um, and if he gets past number six, I think it's the Chargers, then he's going to slide for a while. But uh, that injury history is really a big concern. The medical recheck on his hip, uh, not being able to do that and having to trust someone else's doctor is, is a concern. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I mean, uh, you know, they he could go high. It's a big risk for for Tua, but I think he's poised for a little bit of a slide. Matt, you're up. I think actually, you look at the Lions and talk about quarterback. I think there's a big speed. That defensive line has not been able to get to the quarterback uh, over the last several seasons, so I think they could go off the board here. I see them taking Derek Brown, the defensive tackle from Auburn, with this pick. Okay, we're starting to get a little bit of a mix up there, and that's a that's a pretty good pick. And and I, I not that I am a a uh, uh, Ohio State hater, I'm not because a Kua Kua uh, is certainly a good solid uh, pick there. Uh, but there's just I don't know the Lions, and and I wish Rick was on to kind of argue with me about this, but the Lions. Are kind of like the Redskins. They don't always they don't always uh, do the smartest thing. I, I know a lot of people like Isaiah Simmons to go to the Giants, but I, I just see him ending up with with the uh, with the Lions. So I'm going to go ahead and go with Isaiah Simmons, uh, first overall pick with the Detroit Lions. Maybe that works. Maybe it doesn't work, but we'll we will see. Adam, we are on to the Miami Dolphins, who supposedly uh, tanked. For Tua, uh, but it it didn't happen. So uh, we're on to the Miami Dolphins. What are your thoughts, uh, Adam? Are we going? Are we going? My, are we skipping the Giants? Giants are at number five. Are they? I thought the Giants uh, were at the five. Giants are four. Four. Okay, well, let's go with the Giants then. I'm sorry. Where where are the Dolphins <laughs> at then? So I've got I, I, the Dolphins are at five. Yes, okay, yes. so I just don't have the most updated list. So, guys, if I do mess up the rounds, just go ahead and correct me. Publicly shame me. Got it. Yes, the Giants. Go right ahead. The Giants are tough because uh, anybody that has followed 
Dave Gettleman knows that he loves his offensive linemen. Um, with that being said, they did draft in the last two drafts, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. I could see them go Isaiah Simmons. I think they're going to look offensive line. The question is where. Um, and I think in this scenario, we know that Gettleman loves quote-unquote clean linemen. And I think the cleanest lineman in this potential draft is a toss-up between Andrew Thomas and Tristan Wirfs. And I think Gettleman goes Tristan Wirfs, the tackle from Iowa. Iowa and Wisconsin are linemen machines. Um, and I, I think that's the direction that Gettleman goes. Tristan Wirfs, offensive tackle from Iowa. Tristan Ruffs, uh, go ahead, Mo. What it was your pick for the Giants in the number four pick, not the number five pick? <laughs> well, uh, you know, I like Isaiah Simmons here, uh, the linebacker from Clemson. Uh, you talk about a guy uh, who, who's a uh, uh, a guy who just can kind of move all over the field. Uh, you know, he tested off the charts at the combine. Uh, I like Isaiah Simmons here if he falls to four from the Giants if he doesn't go. Uh, pick earlier to the Lions. My, uh, Ed, I'm sorry, you're up. Yeah, I mean, this is a big draft for Dave Gettleman. I mean, I think he really needs to get it right, or he, you know, he could be out the door. You know, he, he may even be out the door, you know, as shortly after the draft is over. Um, but I think he really has to go offensive line here. I mean, I love Isaiah Simmons. I think that would be a great pick. And, you know, he's the most versatile player in the draft, can play all over the field. Um, he, he might be my favorite player in this draft. But I, I think the Giants really have to go offensive line. And um, as far as who that will be, I guess Tristan Wirfs gives you a lot of flexibility. I think he's probably more of a guard uh, at the NFL level. But I think they'll start him at tackle. And uh, having that versatility is always a good thing to be able to play both positions. So I, I think they're going to go Tristan Wirfs here, uh, the Giants are. Matthew, uh, pick number four with the Giants. Prizes here. Daniel Jones, the blind sign protector. I think that person right now is Christian Wirth. I will go to the first offensive lineman from Iowa with this pick to the Giants. Well, like I said earlier, I think that the, the Lions are, are going to screw up and not draft Jeff Akuda. Akuda? Uh, Ohio State guy, Ohio State stud quarterback. I think the Giants are going to capitalize on that, and I'm going to plug him in there uh, in the uh, number four slot uh, with uh, the Giants. All right, guys, now we could go on to the Miami Dolphins. Are, do we, are we all in agreement on that? <laughs> Take for two uh, didn't necessarily happen. We'll start with you, Adam. Uh, the Miami Dolphins, who do they grab? Um, I, I... – Ed beat me to it. I kind of alluded to it. I, I don't know if Tua's going to be drafted as high as all of the um, TV talking heads think he will. He threw to three, four, three or four first-round receivers all the time. And, and I, I just, with his medical history, that Wonderly score is, is rough. Um, I think they go Justin Herbert at, at five and kind of surprise everyone. Uh, quarterback from Oregon. I've got the Dolphins going Justin Herbert. Mo, you're up. Pick number five for the uh, Dolphins. 
Yeah, you know, I agree. If uh, if Washington doesn't take Justin Herbert, I think this is where he lands uh, in uh, in South Florida. When uh, when the Dolphins team under Stephen Ross voices concern about Tua's health, uh, I don't think it was just to throw off uh, people in the draft like a lot of people lie at this time of year. I, I really think that there are major concerns with him and in Miami. And again, this is one of those picks I think where you've got to get it right. You know, uh, since Dan Marino, they've had a slew of quarterbacks and none have worked out. So uh, I think if uh, Herbert doesn't go to Washington, this is where he lands at number five with the Dolphins. Ed, you're up. Well, I, you know, I, I certainly see a possibility for Tua here. You know, the Dolphins, they haven't been able to get the quarterback spot right. I mean, they flunked Drew Brees years ago when Drew Brees came to town as a free agent. They didn't pass him on the medical. Uh, they traded a second-round pick for Dante Culpepper years ago after Culpepper was coming off an injury. So, you know, there could be some concern in the Dolphins' front office that, hey, let's not screw this up. Let's just take our chances with Tua. Uh, you know, we don't want to be wrong again on a medical thing. So I could see him coming off here, but I think because uh, Isaiah Simmons, in my opinion, is still going to be there, they're going to take Isaiah Simmons. Matthew, uh, you're up. Remember several years ago, everyone said Aaron Rodgers was a can't miss, and he faded all the way to 22 with the Packers. I think that's what we could see with Tua Tagovailoa, right about the Miami Dolphins taking and swinging with missing with a bunch of quarterbacks. Obviously, Fitzpatrick comes to mind, John Beck, uh, Tannenhill, Rosen. I think they're going to give it one last shot, and they will take their chances uh, with Justin Herbert from Oregon. You know, I'm going to have to roll with this Herbert train. I mean, I picked Tua number two. I mean, he could be there at the Dolphins. I think if he doesn't go number two, uh, maybe the Chargers in, uh, coming up in number six. Uh, but I've already picked Tua, so I'm going to roll with the Justin Herbert train as well. Now, I, I, I think I got this right, guys, but the number six pick is the Los Angeles Chargers. And I know we're two years in, but I'm still saying San Diego Chargers. Los Angeles Char- Chargers, Adam, uh, you're up. I think I think the Chargers, they're going to be tempted to go quarterback, but I kind of think the Chargers are laying in wait. They know they've got a good roster and are a good quarterback away from being able to compete with the Chiefs, but I don't think they see that quarterback in this year's draft. I can see the Chargers trying to hold back, and then maybe Tom Telesco throws the farm at somebody next year to move up to try to get a, a Justin Fields or a Trevor Lawrence. But I, I see the Chargers going – um, with the easy pick, continuing to build a monster defense to go alongside Derwin James, they're going to take Isaiah Simmons, um, and the two slide continues. Mo, you are up. So uh, we've still got two sliding down. Go ahead, uh, Mo. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, obviously the plan for the Chargers isn't to have Tyrod Taylor as their starting quarterback forever. But, uh, you know, he's a guy that can be a bridge quarterback. So I think the Chargers take a flyer here. They take to uh, – they don't have to play him right away. Uh, I don't think they're expecting to uh, uh, to compete uh, at the level they were the last couple of years. So I think they take Tua. They give him a, a chance to uh, work with their medical staff and, uh, you know, play him in a, in a year, year or two from now. So I think the Chargers are going to take Tua Tungavailoa for a quarterback from Alabama. 
Ed, you're up with the Chargers, the L.A. Chargers. Yeah, I could again to a fix to the Chargers. They need a quarterback. They also need, in my opinion, offensive line help. Uh, they could go with a tackle here, um, and I think they will. You know, um, I would I would probably give them. Uh, gosh, there's so many ta- there's a couple tackles. I'm not sure how you can tell the difference, but I would probably go with Andrew Thomas, uh, offensive tackle for the Chargers. Matthew, go with the Chargers. What are your thoughts? I think right now you talk about you had tackles, but I think it's still a little bit early. So if they're thinking tackle, I think they would trade it down from this spot. I just do not think they're going to be confident enough going with uh, with with this uh, pick. Uh, so right now in my list, I still have Jeff Okuda available, which would be a fit. And they also Isaiah Simmons is out there a linebacker, and they desperately need some linebacker spot. I think uh, it's going to be good to pass up at this point. I think they will take Isaiah Simmons with this pick. Well, here's what I'm looking at with this guy. I, I with my pick, I, I, I just don't think he's going to be around in round two. Definitely not in round in round three. And I think in round two or three is where the Colts, if they draft a quarterback, that'll be where it's at. And they're definitely not going to be drafting a quarterback in the first round. I know a lot of people like Jordan Love. Got some love for for the this kid from Utah State. I think the Chargers need a very solid uh, quarterback. After Phillip Rivers going to the Colts, uh, the Chargers go with Jordan Love from Utah State. Okay, you're up, uh, Adam, and we are with my granddaughter's favorite team, the Carolina Panthers. Um, what are your thoughts? Uh, Panthers under, under new coach Matt Rule, I think are going to try to build – uh, starting with the line, that's really where he's done it. Um, tried to do it at Baylor, did it at Temple. Uh, I, I think he's going to take the next highest defensive um, player on the board, which is a defensive tackle um, um, on who's left on my board. I've got Derek Brown from Auburn um, going seven to the Carolina Panthers. Derek Brown, is that is that who you picked? The defensive yes, lineman from Auburn. Okay. Uh, Mo, you are up. Yeah, I'm also, I'm, also, I'm also going Derek Brown from Auburn. Panthers uh, allowed a league-worst 5.2 yards of carry last year. They allowed 31 rushing touchdowns last year. Uh, they've lost some defensive linemen. I like Derek Brown uh, from Auburn as well. Ed, Ed Kratz, Carolina Panthers. Yeah, they need defensive line help for sure. They also need cornerback help. And, you know, based on my mock draft so far, Akuda's still out there. So I'm going to slot the Panthers to take Akuda at seven. All right, here we go. Starting to get interesting. Uh, Matthew, uh, uh, Carolina Panthers. Well, I can't take Derek Brown here because he's already off my board because I had him going to Detroit. So value pick in a team that knows value well is Carolina over the years. They've taken value picks sometimes over need. And the fact that Jeff Okuda is still out there is too good to pass up here. They'll take Jeff Okuda, the quarterback from the Ohio State University at pick seven. So we got two for Okuda. We got two for Derek Brown. I got the deciding vote. I'm going to go with Derek Brown as well, defensive lineman uh, from uh, Auburn to be uh, uh, for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, again, guys, I've got a list that I think might be a, a date dated at best. So if I if I if I give the wrong team, just correct me. Adam, you're up with the Arizona Cardinals. 
Um, Arizona fixed one of their big needs. But I, I'm afraid that Bill O'Brien fixed one of Arizona's big needs by one of the worst trades in NFL history, giving DeAndre Hopkins away to the Cardinals for a ham sandwich. Uh, so they are now. <laughs> Do they have cheese on it? <laughs> no, ham and bread. That's it. Like Just ham and bread. No cheese. That was, worst, <laughs> that was the worst trade I've ever seen. I mean, that was one of those that was so bad. It comes across the wire and you're like, no, they didn't just do that, did they? Uh, but they did because Bill O'Brien's the worst GM. I've, I mean, he's he's going for the like the worst GM ever. Um, <laughs> I would say I think the Browns or not the Browns, excuse me. I think the Cardinals are going to go offensive line. They got to protect Kyler Murray. Uh, he's now got some solid weapons. Um, there, I see the Cardinals going a wide receiver, but not yet. Um, I think they're going to go. Um, with a, with a guy that I think they're going to have some familiarity with um, because of the, the, the coaching staff coming um, uh, from college recently. And I think they're going to go Jedrick Wills, uh, the offensive tackle um, from Alabama. He played right. A lot of people say he has the ability to play left as well. Um, but they got to they gotta protect Kyler Murray. He got sacked a ton last year. Um, so their pick is Jedrick Wills. Um, offensive tackle from Alabama. Mo, you're up for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, you know, uh, I agree with Adam. I, I think that uh, once they address their need at, at wide receiver, that uh, protecting the quarterback to give them time to throw to these guys is what they're going to do. I like Jedrick Wills, again, the uh, offensive tackle from Alabama. Ed, Arizona Cardinals, out of the desert. Uh, yeah, you know, as tempting as it would be for uh, Cliff Kingsbury to take uh, C.D. Lamb and team him back up with Kyler Murray uh, when they were at Oklahoma together and really give them a formidable receiving combination of, you know, Hopkins and Lamb and Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, that would be very tempting. And I know Kyler Murray has gone to bat for C.D. Lamb. I just don't see it happening. I mean, you really have to address the offensive line. And I'm in agreement with uh, with everybody so far. I think it's going to be Jedrick Wills. Matthew, Arizona Cardinals. Surprised someone mentioned CeeDee Lamb early because the ESPN guys have been saying have been dropping him on their mock draft for some reason. So I don't think it's Lamb here. They definitely need line help, and that's something that's always been a plague for Arizona over the years. And uh, you can't go wrong with a guy from Alabama, and that school produces some great offensive linemen. I think they produced another one in Jedrick Wills, and uh, Arizona would be very foolish to pass him up here at eight. I think they take uh, Jedrick Wills here at eight. Well, I'm going to rock the boat a little bit here. I, I, I agree that they need an offensive, some offensive help, but I think they got to go with an offensive tackle. I still got this guy from Iowa on my board, so I'm going to put in Tristan Roofs with the Arizona Cardinals in round one. And now we go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're going to start with you, Adam. What are your thoughts on the Jaguars? I just like to say Jaguars. <laughs> the Jags are interesting because – Nobody knows what the heck they're doing. You know, they they need to trade Yannick Ngakwe because he doesn't want to play another down for them. They've already traded Jalen Ramsey. They're giving away Nick Foles. They, their quarterback is all right. I mean, Gardner Minshew is a legend because of his ridiculous mustache and press conferences. I think they go a little bit off the board a little uh, 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 for for some people. 
I think Derek Brown would make sense for them because they got to rebuild that line after they gave away Clay's Campbell. But they have no corners. And, and I, I could see them reaching a bit. Um, I'm not a huge fan of his tape, but uh, I, I, I think outside of LSU and Alabama, most SEC receivers this year are terrible. But um, I've got them going C.J. Henderson, the cornerback from Florida, to fill a need because they have absolutely squat. This is our annual balance mock draft. We've got an expert panelist, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, SI.com. Super Browns fan, Adam Jividen, Mo from the BS Sports Show. Uh, Matthew Embry, who also is our official IndyCar contributor, but it works for the flagship station of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Knows a little something about college football, knows something, a little something about uh, the draft. So he's also on. And of course, I am your awesome host. And we're going to continue on. Typically, we'd take a break here, but we're going to continue moving on and, uh, so that we can get don't run out of time and get everybody in so we're up with the jacksonville jaguars mo from the bs sports show what say you well here's another team that you can usually count on to screw things up and and jacksonville would be that that team we've seen them decimate their own defense uh you know this uh, offseason so the pick i think for me that needs to be made by them is uh javon kinlaw the uh, defensive lineman from south carolina but you know, like Adam said, they could fill a need, but do they really know what their own needs are at this point? Uh, they they make terrible decisions in that organization, and they can make one here. But uh, I, I like uh, uh, Javon Kinlaw from South Carolina. Well, that was a that wasn't one that wasn't even on my radar. There you go. That's one of those uh, uh, sneakers that you were that you were saying. Who, who did you pick, Adam? T.J. Henderson. Okay. Uh, Ed, you're up. Uh, yeah, Adam makes a good point. The Jet, nobody knows what the Jags are going to do. I, I would even argue the Jags have no idea what they're doing either, the way things are going uh, for them. But I, I think, because I still have Derek Brown on the board, I mean, I love J- Javon Kinlaw. That's a great pick, too, there um, from Mo. But I, I think because I have Derek Brown still on my board, I'll have uh, Derek Brown coming off here at this point to the Jags. Yeah, Mo, that was that was our first sneaker, uh, if, if you will, the, uh, of the of the day because I didn't see that one coming. Uh, Matthew from the BS, uh, Matthew Matthew Embry uh, from WSPT up in South Bend. How are you, sir? What is your uh, pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars? take two here, but with six poles in the at the helm, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Uh, their def- there's a reason why Ryan Tannenhill and Jacoby Brissett look good at times, and it's because Jacksonville's secondary was just ludicrously bad last year. Although C.J. Anderson isn't that highly touted cornerback, I think that's best, as good as it's going to get for them at this point. And I'm assuming they'll take the corner from the Gators, uh, C.J. Henderson here at nine. Well, I guess I'm, I'm I'm the official boat rocker of the day, and that's okay. Uh, I, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars obviously need help across the board and, and that offensive line, and they need some protection on that offensive line. So I'm going to go with offensive tackle. Mika Becton of Louisville, and go ahead and correct me on the name if you want, but uh, Becton is his last name, offensive tackle from Louisville. <laughs> 
Why can't people just have normal names? All right, Adam, here we go. It's your turn. It's your time to shine. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, what say you, sir? I think the Browns, with the way that my draft board laid out, couldn't be happier. I think they get the number one guy on their board for what fits their need. Everybody in the world knows we have a huge hole at left tackle. Um, not as big a hole at right tackle anymore with signing Jack Conklin. I think they, they get the pick submitted pretty quick um, and go Andrew Thomas, the offensive tackle from Georgia. Um, I think Mekhi Becton may fall because his, um, his drug test yesterday was flagged um, from the combine. They said he failed his drug test. So we could see him have oh, a wow. Jeremy Tuntle-like drop uh, on draft night. With the with the Instagram picture, <laughs> the gas <laughs> mask. <master. laughs> Mo, uh, what say you? The Cleveland Browns. You know a little something about them too. Well, he's the uh, number one guy I think on their draft board. Uh, is, is this guy? And he's still available uh, in my mock draft so far, and I think the Browns wouldn't be happier to have uh, Tristan Wirfs, the offensive tackle from Iowa. Ed, you're up. The Cleveland Browns. The mistake of the lake. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think it's Mackay is how you say that first name. Okay, way. thank um, you. Mackay. Thanks for building me out there, man. Mackay. Yeah, no sweat. No sweat. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I think that's who they're going to take. I mean, I know he had the failed drug test, but there's a huge difference between that and what Laramie Tunsil uh, did a couple years ago. Is the NFL's view on marijuana now is completely different uh, based on the new CBA. So, um, you know, you're not going to be seeing the suspensions for marijuana, first-time offenses. You might see, I think it's a 60-day into some kind of a program uh, for that, but there's no suspension. Um, so I, you know, and I think Mackay Becton is, is, you know, he's a little bit raw, but man, I think this guy can be the best tackle in the draft, to be honest with you. I mean, he's huge. His problem is going to be keeping his weight under control. Um, and you know, he's going to go to an organization, the Browns that, you know, I don't know how functional they are. They've proven to be very dysfunctional, uh, for the last, you know, two decades. So I don't know if they'll be able to manage that, but that's really the key to Becton is he's going to have to keep the weight off and, uh, if he can do it, I think he's going to be an exceptional talent. I'm going to go back into the Browns here. And you know, we, we can have this conversation for another show another time, but you know, uh, marijuana, marijuana is legal in a lot of states now, and so for them to call suspensions, uh, especially for players to play for a team in a state that it's legal in, uh, there might be some other uh, other uh, things. I'm not a supporter of it. I'm I'm on the side of let's not do it, but. You know, you're right that the, the the outlook on marijuana has changed. Matthew, you're up with the Cleveland Browns. Well, what do we know, Adam, about the Cleveland Browns? They're not afraid to take a controversial player. I mean, they brought in Odell Beckham Jr. They drafted Baker Mayfield. I don't think they're going to be scared one bit about that failed drug test, and I think they will roll the dice and they will take Makai Beckham with this pick. All right, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll. I'm gonna I'm just gonna be part of the uh, Browns click, uh, and I'm gonna trust the experts on the Browns. I also like Andrew Thomas from Georgia, and when you watched him on tape, he's pretty much a stud. So uh, I think the, the Browns do go uh, with uh, uh, Andrew Thomas as well. Now we move on to the Jets, the other teams, another team that hasn't always made the smartest decisions in the draft. Um, We'll start with you, um, 
uh, Adam, sorry, <laughs> brain fart. <laughs> Get everybody um, confused here. No problem. The Jets are an interesting case. They they've kind of had to put together like a ramshackle offensive line this offseason to protect Sam Darnold, but they also have like no receivers. Um, and, and I think this is a deep draft class for linemen. So I think they wait for an offensive lineman, um, and I could see them as maybe a candidate to trade up at the end of the at the end of the first round um, with Joe Douglas pulling a very Howie Roseman type move. Um, his his uh, mentor there in in Philadelphia, and I think the J E T S Jets 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 go J E R R Y Jerry Judy from Alabama, the wide receiver. <laughs> I like the way you did that, Adam. I, I like I like that. That was great. I, I, you practiced that all night long, Adam, for today's show. <laughs> all right, Mo, you're up. New York Jets. Yeah, I, uh, I uh, in my draft, I don't think the Jets wait for the uh, offensive linemen because I have Makai Beckton going 11 to them. Uh, and that's right, this dude is gigantic, 6'7", 364 pounds, and that was pre-quarantine. Who, who knows how big this dude is now? Uh, so uh, uh, I think he's in the home smoking some doobies and eating like a fool. So he could be 6'7", and, and 390 by the time the draft rolls around next week. So I think they just take Mekhi Beckton, the offensive tackle from Louisville. Uh, moon pie, moon pie is a double cola in the quarantine. Huh? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Who remembers moon pies? I, I know I'm the only old man on here, but uh, I remember as a kid, moon pies and a double cola was our after school uh, snack. That's for sure. Guys, I'm going to give the Jets the benefit of the doubt of having somewhat of some brain cells left, and, and, and they know they need a, a, a quarterback, and I think C.J. Henderson is an obvious choice out of Florida for them. It's just an obvious uh, choice, and I, I, maybe I'm giving them too much credit here, but uh, I, I certainly uh, think that uh, C.J. Henderson out of Florida would be the one to obviously go for. This is going to – let's roll off your hey, tongue. Tom. Sure. Tom, do I do I get a pick here? Do I get a pick for the Jets? Oh, okay. I am Stay so here. sorry, bro. Uh, you and Matt both. See, I just wanted to get my st- I just wanted to get my stuff in. Go ahead, bro. <laughs> I'm losing well, my brain. No, I, th- I, I think I think Mo was that was very funny. So probably threw you off track there about smoking doobies and eating food and being a 400 pounder <laughs> by the time he sets foot on in a training camp. But uh. Gosh, I, I hope that's not true. I hope he's working with a trainer. But, you know, I talked to Beckton at the Combine, and he was he was one of the, you know, most – really enjoyed talking to him. I really got to – I mean, I really like the kid. I think he's a good kid. He seems like he's a fun kid, fun-loving guy. So I like him. But I think the, I think the, the wide receiver run in the draft starts here at number 11 with the Jets. I think you're going to see receivers start coming off the board here. And I think the Jets will go with who I think and many others think is the best receiver, and that's C.D. Lamb. I think they'll go uh, C.D. Lamb at number 11. All right, uh, Matthew, (laughs) the Jets. Uh, I think right now uh, the question marks are with Lamb as far as is he just a burner? And – at this point, I think if they go on that thinking, I think uh, you'll more likely see uh, the Jets take either Judy or Ruggs the third, the two, one of the two Alabama receivers of this pick. And I think if they're smart, which, you know, we're talking the Jets here, Tom, so it's hard to say whether they're going to be smart or not with this pick. But uh, I'm assuming they will be, so I will say Jerry Judy, wide receiver, Alabama. But you didn't quite, you didn't quite say it the way that, that – uh, 
that Adam said it, though. So. <laughs> All right, guys, we are ready for the Las Vegas Raiders. Let that roll off your tongue. We're on, we're on track. We're in the right order now. Adam, you are up officially for the Las Vegas Raiders. I, I think the Raiders, they, they need to go wide receiver. Um, I, I think the wide receiver run, uh, as anticipated, continues here. Um, and I think this is – I'm not – Henry Ruggs is a burner. I just don't know how many routes he can run, and I think John Gruden is going to love having CeeDee Lamb um, in his receiver room. And I got CeeDee Lamb, the wide receiver from Oklahoma. And with that, gentlemen, I actually have to sign off. All right, sir. Thank you for joining us. You did tell you did tell us you only had an hour, and you and, and you went a little overtime with us. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. You guys have a great one, and hopefully we'll talk soon on, on Thursday night. That we hopefully we can get all that together. All right, Adam. Adam, Super Browns fan. I know that he's got a lot going on. Uh, he's got a toddler at home, and so a lot going on there. So uh, we start. We're we're still on the on the Las Vegas Raiders, and we'll start with you, uh, Mo. And Mo, he just moved up to uh, the the first pick. Oh, what? <laughs> you get you just got promoted. Are you with us, Mo? Mo. Hey, yo, can you hear me? We can hear you now. All right, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I doobies and moon pies, man. I was uh, on the high <laughs> back in the day. Um, <laughs> no, you know, I, I like the first receiver to come off the board here. Uh, the Raiders, uh, I think, would be fun. I think, as Matthew said, you know, CeeDee Lamb's not a burner, but I think that uh, the fact that he has probably the best hands in this draft, uh, the guy has amazing body control. He can run after the catch. Uh, scored 26 touchdowns in 27 games over the past two seasons. I think this was a fun pick for the Raiders, and I think they were uh, beyond excited to have CeeDee Lamb, the wide receiver from Oklahoma. Ed, <laughs> she went right to you there, yeah. buddy. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. C. Lamb, I think is terrific. I think you know, it wouldn't surprise me if the Eagles move up to the 11th pick at the Jets. I know the Jets have a lot of roster reconstruction to do here, and Howie and Roseman and Joe Douglas are pretty tight. It wouldn't surprise me if the Eagles move up to that 11th pick to uh, to take Lamb. But we're at Oakland now, uh, or Las Vegas. Sorry. Uh, and, then, and like I said, I think the receiving run starts here. So I go uh, Jerry Judy here. I think Judy and Lamb are close in, in ability, um, but I, I think Judy will fit nicely uh, with the Raiders' offense. Matt, what is the one thing that the late Al Davis always had at these combines and workouts? A stopwatch. And sadly, even with John Gruden at the helm. I don't think that's changed any. They're going to go with the fastest guy at receiver. I think they're going to pass on C.D. Lamb, and they will take Henry Ruggs the third, the wide receiver from Alabama. Well, I'm going to stay on the on the uh, Lamb chops, if you will. <laughs> I'm going to go with C.D. Lamb. Uh, I I uh, think he's a good wide receiver uh, out of Oklahoma, uh, and a good choice there as well. So we're ready from the San Francisco 49ers. And obviously, they got this from uh, the Indianapolis Colts. And um, why don't we just real quickly uh, play the homer card here 
and just kind of go around there. We know that we don't that the Colts don't have a uh, pick until round two, but let's just play a homer card here real quickly. Mo, uh, who does the Colts pick? And then we'll go into the Niners here in just a second. Who does the Colts pick in round two? Uh, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I, I think the Colts have the ability, if they want to, with those two second-round picks to move back into the first round, uh, if need be. Um, well, I, they definitely need help at wide receiver, but I, I really think that they move back into the first round at the 27th pick, uh, trading with Seattle to take Jordan Love, the quarterback, the quarterback from uh, Utah State. I, I think they do uh, – they do like him a lot, uh, and, and I think if he's still available there in the first round, they trade back in the first round to go get Jordan Love. You know, that's, that's certainly a, a, a uh, something to think about. I know the Colts like Jordan Love. I know they've talked to him extensively. I know they're very interested in him. I just don't know that he'll be available at, at that pick for that to happen. So we'll, we'll, that's just kind of a game day decision to wait and see. Uh, Ed, what are your thoughts on the Colts? Uh, they don't pick the round two, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I like Mo's thought there about trying to move into the first round. They need a receiver. It'd be nice to have a quarterback. If if they stay put, they could have their pick of like a Jacob Eason or a Jake Fromm uh, in the second round. And, and maybe even Jordan Love is still there. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I have two a dropping in this pick. I, I still have two in the first round, but not until later on here. Um, and, and then I, I'm not sure Love is going to go in the first round. I, I know there's a lot of love for Love but I'm not sure he's going to go. So he could be there, but I can see them. I mean, the receiver class is so deep and, you know, T.Y. Hilton's not, you know, he's not getting any younger and he needs help. And I think they'll go with a receiver and it could be someone, uh, you know, who's, who's there, like maybe a Denzel Mims, if he fell or T. Hug, uh, the kid from Clemson, T. Huggins, um, or, you know, one of those types of receivers, maybe even like a LaVisca Chenault. But I, I think they'll go receiver if they if they don't move back into the first round and take a receiver here. Uh, Matthew, what are your thoughts on the Colts uh, as it stands now? Uh, they don't pick the round two. Unless they're interested in Tua Tagovailoa or maybe a Jordan Love, I think the only way they could get one of those, they could jump ahead of New Orleans because I think New Orleans is going to take an heir apparent to – Drew Brees with their first-round pick, whether it's Love or Chicago Vailoa. I don't think yeah. the Colts are willing to do that. I just think right now they'll stick with what they've got, and they'll go after one of the receivers. Or if one of the tackles drops uh, into the second round, there's a bunch of edge rushers and defensive tackles that could be late first, early second. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they stay in one of those positions and possibly take one of those players uh, early second round with one of the two picks they have. Well, I think I think the Colts made a, a very good statement and bold statement with Philip Rivers, even though he at the moment he may not be a fan favorite. But I think once he starts winning games and uh, realize that that they made a pretty good solid pick for a one year contract for Philip Rivers, they do have to address that French eventual franchise quarterback. Uh, again, I think a lot of people like Jordan Love. I just don't see Ballard, Reich, and Ursay making the move to go into the first round when they need a wide receiver and they can get a pretty good one. Uh, and I, that's, I, I just see the guy from Clemson, and that's T. Higgins, uh, being a, a great addition for their first pick in the 2020 draft. So I think they're gonna, they need to go with a, a wide receiver. I, we do need to address the, the quarterback issue, uh, but that, that's not the most important thing. Again, uh, what happened April 18, 1998, 
isn't what's going to happen in April 18th, 2020, uh, or whatever. But uh, so Peyton Manning's gone, and the and the Colts need to realize that Peyton Manning is gone. He's never coming back. And 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 you know what? A lot of people there's that that, that conspiracy theory that Andrew Luck. Uh, they know that Andrew Luck was only going to be gone for two years, and that's why they signed Philip Rivers for one year. We could get into that and, and spin those those stories all you want, but at the moment, we've got Philip Rivers as our as our quarterback. Jacoby Brissett as the backup. They need a wide receiver, and they need uh, to to continually strengthen uh, this very strong offensive line. So let's get back on track with the San Francisco 49ers. You are up, Mo. Well, you know, uh, they had Emmanuel Sanders leave and go to the Saints. Uh, I think they have some options here at this pick, depending on what they want to do. On my draft board, C.J. Henderson is still available. Uh, so is Henry Ruggs. But I believe that the 49ers are going to be happy that Jerry Judy, the wide receiver from Alabama, has fallen the 13th, and they uh, they put him, uh, lining him up there next year with Jimmy Garoppolo. Jerry Judy, wide receiver, Alabama. You know, I agree with you on that one. I'm going to ride the, the, the Judy Judy train. Judy Judy, uh, for you Andy Griffith fans, may have seen that episode. Uh, if not, go watch it. Just Google Judy Judy Andy Griffith and watch it, and you'll get it. Uh, but uh, there's my reference. Uh, so, Jerry Judy, yes, wide receiver, Alabama. Ed, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, yeah, um, they could certainly use a receiver here, and I like Henry Ruggs an awful lot. I think he's got the best hands. Uh, in this draft, but um, I think they're going to, you know, the, the 49ers love defensive linemen. They've drafted them in the past, and, uh, you know, they traded away DeForest Buckner to the Indianapolis Colts. So I'm going to go with uh, Javon Kinlaw here uh, at 13, and they're going to pick another defensive tackle. And Kinlaw, to me, I really like Kinlaw. I think the 49ers will take him there. Matt, you're up with the 49ers. Since uh... – in my book, to take rugs, uh, obviously that leaves C.D. Lamb and uh, San Francisco be foolish to take him, even though I think the line could use some work, that Andrew Thomas looks tempting, but uh, I think uh, the pick here for them would be C.D. Lamb. And I am still... Um, see, I had I, I picked Lamb. Um, see, this was one I just really wasn't very sure sure about. But I, I'm just going to go ahead and just throw Henry Ruggs out there from Alabama. And that may not be my my smartest pick, but I think it's certainly a need that that has to be filled. All right, we are on the. We're ready for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Am I correct on that? Everybody agree yes. on that? Okay, Ed, you're up. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How about Mo? Where's Mo? Mo, oh, I'm so sorry, Mo. <laughs> yeah, I got the motor already, huh? I'm sorry, man. My my brain is. Go ahead. Uh, well, if you're Tampa Bay, you've got yourself a. Uh, you got yourself Tom Brady, so you got to protect him. And on my draft board, I still have Andrew Thomas, the offensive tackle from Georgia there. So I think for them that makes the uh, the most sense. You, you've got Tom Brady. He's in town. you got the quarterback you wanted, and you paid him a whole bunch of money, so you might as well protect him. 
Andrew Thomas, offensive tackle, Georgia. Ed. <laughs> Tampa right. Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I, 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 I like the offensive tackle pick, too, but I have Thomas off my board, and you do have to protect him. And now you're looking at a situation where, you know, what tackles are left. And, you know, I think Austin Jackson from USC – maybe a second round pick in some drafts, but like I said, I think this is going to be kind of an unpredictable draft. I think there's some good offensive tackles in this draft and I think he can be one of them. So I'm going to go with Austin Jackson as kind of a, kind of a surprise pick here. Uh, six, six, 315 pound uh, tackle from USC. You know, he's going to need some work, but I think he's a good, good long-term answer at that position. Matthew, uh, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Very simple. Uh, too good to pass up at this point. Uh, Andrew Thomas from the land of Uga, the tackle here to the Bucks. So here's what I that I'm surprised that nobody brought up when we were talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that's their new quarterback, Tom Brady. And let's not forget what Tom Brady's been able to do with different receivers and different mixes and matches and tight ends and. He did very well with a tight end combination. So here's my little sneaker surprise pick, and and I, I know it might be a stretch, but I look for them to draft uh, Harrison Bryant out of FAU, uh, tight end, be the first tight end on the board, uh, be the first tight end in the first round. Uh, but I just think with with uh, Tom Brady, that might be one of your surprise. Uh, sleepers in the draft, and I could be totally wrong on that. We'll go on to the Broncos. Uh, what are your thoughts there, Mo, with the Broncos? Well, you know, uh, Drew Locke uh, looked like he uh, showed a little promise there with the Broncos. Uh, you know, I, I think that uh, they look for a receiver to pair up with Cortland Sutton, and I still have Henry Ruggs on my board, so I think the Denver Broncos at uh, the happiness of all their fans. Thank God I'm not drafting a quarterback again. Uh, Henry Ruggs, uh, the wide receiver from Alabama. No, the Denver Broncos. Uh, that, yeah, that was Mo. I meant Ed. I'm uh, sorry. I'm next here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm that, so sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm with Mo. That's okay. I'm with Mo, actually. I think it's going to be Ruggs. Um, you know, the, the guy only dropped one pass all season. Not to mention he's got the blinding speed. Um, you know, guys who've run fast in the combine before haven't exactly translated into the NFL like Ted Ginn and Darius Hayward Bay. They had drop issues, but I don't think that's one of Ruggs' issues. I mean, he's he's great pass catcher. Like I said, one drop, he attacks the football. I think, you know, he's going to go 15 here, and the Broncos are going to be very, very happy. Matthew, you're up with the Denver Broncos. Well, the question in my mind is, in my book, the top three wide receivers off the board. So does that mean they, you know, reach for like a Justin Jefferson of from LSU or a Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State or a T. Higgins from Clemson? I don't think they're going to do that. I think they go value here. And Javon Kenlaw, the defensive tackle for South Carolina, I think is a steal at this point at 15. And uh, Denver picks him up. Well, again, I, I, I have already picked rugs in another situation here. So um, I, I like Ohio State, the, the, the kid from Ohio State, uh, K.J. Hill. So 
Again, he's probably suspected to go uh, later on in the draft and not go in the first round. But I don't really have any other viable options, and I know they need the wide receiver. So there again, this might be where my draft board just goes all to hell. Uh, but to KG Hill with from Ohio State uh, with the Denver Broncos. All right, Mo, let's go with the Atlanta Falcons. Well, you know, the Falcons, I, I need, think they need help in a bunch of different areas. Uh, they finished with the second fewest sacks last year uh, with only 28. Uh, they brought in Dante Fowler, but uh, I, I think they're going to take uh, Clavon Chase on the edge from LSU. Ed. Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I'm I'm with Mo again here. I think that's where they need help the most is uh, with that pass rush, um, and that's probably the best pass rusher in the draft. You know, outside of you know some of those D tackles we mentioned earlier, but this is an edge guy, and I, I think they go Caleb on Chase on from LSU also. Matthew, Atlanta Falcons. Well, Chase on, I think, either goes here or he goes to the Cowboys because uh, they certainly need help on that line as well. But uh, I think Atlanta sweeps them up. They'll take on, take uh, Clavon Chase on with this pick. Well, I'm going to go with uh, Kinlon from uh, South Carolina, Javon Kinlon, defensive tackle uh, for the Atlanta uh, uh, Falcons. All right, Mo, we are up with the – on here. We are up with the Dallas Cowboys. What say you, sir? I think I might be the only one left for this guy on the board, but uh, I think the Cowboys couldn't be happier. Uh, they need all kinds of secondary help, and they go with C.J. Henderson, the cornerback from Florida. Mo. Uh, I mean, Ed, Ed sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm going to let you guys go ahead and talk. i got to take a quick call, so go right ahead. You guys continue on, uh, Ed, and then just continue on. I'll be right back. Uh, you know, uh, this is going to be the third time I'm agreeing with you here, Mo. Uh, <laughs> I still have C.J. Henderson on my board, too, and it could come – you know, they, they lost Byron Jones, obviously, to Miami, um, but I, I think it could be either Henderson or the safety, Xavier McKinney or Grant Delpit, whoever they like there among the safeties, but they need help in that secondary, and C.J. Henderson still here at this point. I'd be surprised if he still is, to be honest. But the way my draft board has it is he's still there. So I'll have uh, uh, Jerry Jones and the boys taking C.J. Henderson here. I'm Matthew. sure Jerry Jones would be disappointed that, uh, you know, Chase on, Ken Law, et cetera, are off the board. Uh, at this point, they could go, you know, an A.J. Terrell cornerback from Clemson. But I still think that's a little bit of a reach. Uh, they are badly weak at safety. They got beaten over the top so many times last year. I think the pick here is Xavier McKinney, the safety from Alabama. Okay, guys, I'm back. I, I apologize. I'm back. I had to, I saw my mom calling, and I, I needed to take that real quick. Um, so I apologize. Um, but uh, we're, we're on with the Dallas Cowboys, my pick. I'm going to go with uh, uh, LeVon Chasen with, from LSU. And so that moves us on into – we are ready for the Mike – no, we, where are we at, guys? Is it the Eagles? Miami Dolphins. Dolphins, Dolphins. Dolphins. Yeah. okay. All right, my, my fault. Go ahead. Miami Dolphins, go right ahead, sir. Well, you know, I think at, at this point they're definitely going to need some help on the offensive line. Um <laughs> 
I think at this point on my draft board, I'm going to go with Josh Jones, the offensive tackle from Houston. Ed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This is where me and Mo part ways after three straight agreements here. I'm going to go. This is where I think they grab Tua uh, in the draft. Uh, You know, a lot of people have him going at five, but I think if they – go with the offensive tackle like I had him going with Andrew Thomas or I'm sorry I had him going with Simmons but I uh, within the first round so I think this is where they get their quarterback I think they go two way here you know I that's what I was saying earlier I mean that's why I, I, I just they they were pretty solid I, I just they're not gonna I I, I don't know I had two going earlier so go ahead uh, Matthew you're up <laughs> Need a tackle here, but I don't think they'll go Joshua Jones here. I think I'll go a little bit of off the board here. I'll say Austin Jackson, the tackle from USC with their pick. Well, I'm going to ride the Mo train here. I, I like Josh Jones uh, out of Houston, their offensive uh, uh, tackle there as as well. All right, now we're on – are we back to the Raiders? Am I correct on that? This is yep. where things start getting kind of messed up. Okay, we're back to the Raiders. Go ahead, Mo. Well, you know, they addressed one of their biggest needs, a wide receiver, earlier on. Um, I'm going to go with Christian Fulton, cornerback at LSU. Uh, the guy's got decent size. He, he can play physical. Uh, got decent speed, 4.4640 at the combine. Uh, I'm going to take Christian Fulton, cornerback LSU. Ed, Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, that, that that that's a good pick. Um, I, I think I'm going to go with a linebacker here. Um, you know, there's two good ones. It, it's a pretty, it's not a very good linebacker group, but I think there's some really uh, high end guys uh, early. Uh, Patrick Queen from LSU, Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma, I think are probably the two best. I really like Jordan Brooks from Texas Tech and uh, Zach Bond out of Wisconsin. I think those are the four best, and I think it's a it's a pretty big drop off from those four and I think so I think the Raiders will grab one and I think the best one is Patrick Queen so I'll go with Patrick Queen from LSU Matthew Las Vegas Raiders I still think it's a little bit early for Patrick Queen you might be able to slide Kenneth Murray here but I think one guy that's dropping that could fall right into their lap is A.J. Terrell the cornerback from Clemson that's who they'll take here because they badly need help in the secondary well, I'm going to roll that queen train, and I'm, I'm going to go with Patrick uh, Queen as well for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. We're back to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mo, you are up. Well, again, who knows what the Jags do with their earlier pick, but they definitely need help at cornerback. Uh, no more Jalen Ramsey, no more A.J. Bouye. I'm going to take Trayvon Diggs, a cornerback of Alabama. Ed. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I agree with the cornerback pick here. Uh, could it be A.J. Terrell or, or the, the Alabama guy? I'll go with A.J. Terrell here. Uh, I had him taking a defensive tackle with an earlier pick, and I'll have him taking a cornerback, another need that they have on this team. So in my corner, I'll go with his A.J. Terrell. Matthew, Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville, let's see. Well, they need help on the edge, although I with a rusher, but I think, uh, you know, A.J. Appenza from Iowa, Terrell Lewis, edge rusher from Alabama. Uh, 
are a little bit early at this point, and Jacksonville maybe surprises, possibly gets Nick Foles another target. I think this is where we take another receiver. I'm going Justin Jefferson, wide receiver LSU here. Well, I agree with Ed in that the fact that they do need to address this defensive tackle situation, so I'm going to go with Ross Blacklock out of TCU uh, for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars in their second first-round pick. Um, Mo, let's go with the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, if the Eagles don't trade up like Ed expects them to, I think this is where they address their wide receiver need, and they take Justin Jefferson, wide receiver, LSU. Uh, Ed, here's your time to shine. Uh, you think they're going to trade up, but let's just say they stay where they're at. Uh, who, who, do, who does the uh, Philadelphia Eagles draft? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, I, obviously they need a receiver, and there's going to be some competition for Justin Jefferson. Like Matthew said, the Jags could take him at 20 with the Vikings, who are sitting right behind the Eagles. They need a receiver after losing Stephon Diggs. They could try to get ahead of the Eagles, so it's going to – be fun to see how it all evolves, but um, I'll go with Justin Jefferson also the receiver from LSU. I just think, you know, even though a lot of his productions come in the slot, um, I, I think he, he he's really climbing up draft boards, and I think he'd be a good pick for the Eagles, Justin Jefferson. Matthew. Well, it's like they said, I think a trick up for the Eagles is possible, but if they do stay here, and again, that's a long shot. Uh, they need linebacker help. I'll say they'll take Kenneth Murray, uh, the Oklahoma linebacker. Well, I like Justin Jefferson. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride that train. Um, he may not be there, and I do agree with you, uh, uh, Matthew, on the linebacker thing. So I think the the other person they would look at would be Logan Wilson out of Miami. But my my pick with I just gotta uh, uh, go on this uh, Justin Jefferson uh, train, and we'll make that my pick. But uh, uh, we'll, we'll see what, what happens there. Uh, Minnesota Vikings, you're up, Mo. Yeah, they need receiver help, and if they haven't traded up to try to, to leapfrog the Eagles. Um, I've got Austin Jackson, uh, the offensive tackle from USC, still on the board. Uh, Zimmer's talked about moving uh, a couple of uh, offensive linemen around, different positions. So I think that uh, they could benefit from that here. I'm going to take Austin Jackson, offensive tackle at USC. Ed, Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, I'll go receiver here. You know, I um, I know the Eagles really like this kid, Denzel Mims, Baylor. They've really talked with Denzel Mims a lot. Uh, he was on a local radio station here this week talking about how the Eagles have been the team that has talked to him the most. Um, but I just think that's kind of as an insurance policy, just in case one of the top four uh, that they're unable to get. But I think Denzel Mims is pretty good. He had a, a broken hand. Uh, at Baylor, which accounted for some of the drops that he's been getting dinged for. He just came out and said his hand was broken. So, I, But I like Denzel Mims. I think the, the Vikings will take uh, Denzel Mims here. Matthew, Minnesota Vikings. Well, if they do need a tackle, obviously Austin Jackson's off my board, so I'll go with the other one in the no-brainer here, Joshua Jones, the tackle from Houston. Well, I'm going to – uh, go on the different train again, um, but I'm going to go with offensive tackle uh, Jarek Willis of Alabama uh, to the Minnesota uh, uh, Vikings there. Um, now let's go to the world's worst team, the New England Patriots. <laughs> nice, nice All right, Mo, what, what, what's that? Nice try. 
<laughs> All right, uh, New England Patriots. I I think uh, if he's still available here, I think uh, this is a guy that Bill Belichick would really like. I, I like uh, the edge rusher AJ Apenza from uh, uh, from Iowa. I think this could be a very Bill Belichick type player. Uh, you know, he had a slow start in 2019, but he closed the season strong. Eight sacks, four forced fumbles over his final five games. Uh, I like the Patriots taking uh, AJ from Iowa. Ed, the New England Patriots. <laughs> hey, I'm with Mo again. I like AJ Epinesa too. I mean, I six. What is he? Six six two eighty. I mean, he's a big load. He he doesn't really have that natural bend that you like to see as a pass rusher, but he can you know he can push the pocket backwards and uh, you know I think he might need work in the run game, but I think he's a good pick kind of player that Bill Belichick likes. I'll go Epinesa here. Matthew, the New England Patriots. Well, they got multiple options as far as edge rushers, defensive end. I mean, they can go a Penza. Uh, they could go Yatur Grossmatos from Penn State. They could even go, uh, like I said, Terrell Lewis from Alabama. But I agree with them. I think the type of uh, Bill Belichick, uh, no-nonsense, hard-nosed player, that's A.J. Penza all over from Iowa. He's the pick. Well, I'm going to go back to the Brady effect. Tom Brady's no longer with the New England Patriots, and uh, they are going to feel the void of not having the quarterback. I don't know if they're, if Brady's backup quarterback is the guy, but I just think that they uh, want to make sure that they have that uh, Brady hole sealed up. So I think they go with Justin Herbert of Oregon uh, for the for the uh, Patriots. And we are ready for the Saints, who, the Who Dat Nation, Mo. The Saints. Well, you know, the, the, the Saints, I think, uh, are positioning themselves for one last run with Drew Brees. Uh, on the defensive side, they lost A.J. Klein uh, to the Bills. And the the top remaining linebackers, Davis, Alonzo, uh, Robertson, uh, those guys all scheduled to become unrestricted free agents next season. So I think uh, this is where they jump in and they take uh, – they play their homer card and take Patrick Queen, the linebacker from LSU. Ed, that's Saint. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Drew Brees has already committed to go to the uh, broadcast booth after one more year in New Orleans, and I I know that uh, New Orleans likes uh, – I know Sean Payton likes Jordan Love, so I'm going to go with the quarterback here, Jordan Love. And that's exactly why I don't think the Colts need to move back into the, fir- and into the first round because they're not going to get Jordan Love. That would be the only reason to, to do that. Uh, Matthew, the New Orleans Saints. Well, there's several ways they go here. Uh, they could go quarterback because on my board, Tua and Jordan Love are still out there. But I think for some reason, Sean Payton has this love affair with Taysom Hill. And I don't think he's going to take a quarterback, at least not in the first round. Uh, they could go slot receiver, uh, Brandon Ayuk, because their slot receiver position not provided them much uh, beyond the, you know the two main cogs they have at receiver. But uh, I th- I agree. I think the hometown hero from LSU, Patrick Queens, uh, too good to pass up at this point, and they will pick him up here, pick twenty four. I'm gonna go with linebacker Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma. I think that's a a spot that the that the Saints need to fill. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma. Going back to the Vikings, you're up, Mo. Well, you know, uh, 
they they need help in a bunch of different uh, areas. Um, uh, I'm going to say they're going to go cornerback. Uh, Jeff Gladney, cornerback, TCU. Ed. Uh, I think this is where they get their offensive tackle. I still have Josh Jones available. I'm going to go with Josh Jones with this pick. Matthew. They went Josh Jones on my board with the pick of 22, so this is where they get the receiver. They'll, Even though it is a little bit of a reach, they will take T. Higgins, the wide receiver from Clemson. Well, I already picked Jeff Gladley, so I, I can't pick him again. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, Matthew's role with wide receiver, but I think they're going to go with Van Jefferson out of uh, Florida in this next uh, uh, pick, if you will. We're back to the Miami Dolphins, Mo. You know, the Dolphins have done a lot to address their defense uh, in free agency. Kyle Van Noy, Shaq Lawson, Byron Jones. Uh, I think this guy could be a, a starter for him. He can play both safety spots. I'm going to take Xavier McKinley, the safety from Alabama. Ed, Miami Dolphins. Yeah, well, I, I have him taken Isaiah Simmons, and I have him taken Tua, so I'm going to go with a running back here. Uh, I think they're going to go with a running back, and, I, I you know, there's who is the best running back? I mean, there's a couple guys, you know, DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor. Um, I know I'm forgetting somebody here, but I'll go with DeAndre Swift, and they're going to take Swift, the running back. Matthew, Miami Dolphins. I think this is the only place where we could see a running back go in the first round. And the question is, do you go with the Bruiser Taylor or do you go with the Burner and Swift? And Miami seems to be more of a team that likes to play at an up-tempo pace. So based on that, I think Swift uh, is the pick here. Well, guys, I I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, Miami's going to draft a running back, and this is going to be where the running back comes out in the first round. But you guys both said his name, but I'm going to go ahead and say that they're going to go ahead and go with uh, Jonathan Taylor as as their pick in 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 their next number one pick. So uh, we talked about some different scenarios with the Indianapolis Colts are now moving to round two, and they had talked about Jordan Love. So let's talk a little bit about what – what looks to be now in place, and that's the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, what are your thoughts, uh, Mo? Uh, you know, they lost C.J. Mosley for agency last season. Um, they lost Josh Bynes this year. I'm going to say they take Kenneth Murray, the linebacker from Oklahoma. Ed, what are your thoughts on the Baltimore Ravens? Yeah, they uh, – oh, oh. Uh, what about Seattle? Does Seattle pick 27? Oh, are we yeah. on Seattle? I'm sorry, Mo. Yeah, yeah in Seattle. Go. See, this, my list yeah, got all okay. mixed up because everybody trades around and I, I, I keep losing track of where we're at. So we're out, we're on Seattle, right? Is that yeah. where we're at? Seattle, then. All right, so Seattle, yeah. uh, like I talked about earlier, John Schneider's trade uh, their first-round pick every year since 2012. Um I think this is where the Colts move up to 27 and take Jordan Love, quarterback, Utah State. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, Seattle. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with uh, the pass rusher. I'll go with Yater Matos or whatever his name is, a kid from Penn State. Yater Gross Matos. I, I think they need help with the pass rush. They, you know, they're trying to re-sign um, Clowney. They're not making any headway. Clowney's asking for a lot of money. Clowney's still out there as a free agent. 
Um, he'll probably get signed after the draft once teams realize what they didn't get in the draft and what they still need. But uh, unless he comes down from that price, I don't see him returning to Seattle. So uh, they're going to go with Yader Gross Matos from Penn State. Matthew, Seattle Seahawks. There's a better edge rusher out there, though, than Yatura Gross Matos from Penn State, and that's Terrell Lewis, the edge rusher from Alabama. Be surprised, but uh, I think uh, Terrell Lewis will take the edge rusher from Alabama instead of uh, Gross Matos. Well, I'm going to have to roll with Ed on this, and Ed knows a little something about Penn State, and so we're just going to go with his expertness on this one. But I do like Gross Matos as well uh, for the Seattle Seahawks. Now, now are we on to the Ravens? Yes, yes. Okay, yes. now we're on to the Ravens. All right, well, back to the Ravens. Uh, repeat your pick for the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> All right, I'm going to have him still sticking, even though we flip-flopped him, have him sticking with Kenneth Murray, the linebacker from Oklahoma. Okay. All right, uh, Ed, uh, Baltimore Ravens. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I, there's they need a linebacker. Uh, you know, I, I think they'll go with – either Kenneth Murray or Zach Bond. I have them both still available. I think I'm going to go with Zach Bond here. I know they've done uh, quite a bit of homework on him, uh, the kid from Wisconsin. I'm going to go Zach Bond. Matthew, Baltimore Ravens. A lot of people don't have Bond in the second round, but I have uh, both, you know, the two ones, Murray and uh, the other one whose name is escaping me, Patrick Queen, off my board at this point. So I guess uh, based on that, uh, Baltimore's going to reach into the second round and take in the first round Zach Bond from Wisconsin. I'm going to have to go with the Bond train as well. Zach Bond, linebacker out of uh, Wisconsin as well. Guys, this is the uh, annual balance uh, mock draft. Uh, we had Adam Jividen, Super Browns fan, on with us, and joining us also is our expert panelist, and that's Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and Inside.com, uh, Mo from the BS Sports Show, and Matthew Embry, WSBT, the South Bend uh, in South Bend, the flagship station for the Notre Dame uh, Fighting Irish. And I think now we are ready uh, for the Tennessee Titans, if I'm correct. Mo, Tennessee Titans. I'm going to take uh, Gross Matos from Penn State, the edge rusher here at this point uh, with Tennessee, uh, as they look to try to build on last season. Uh, I mean, this guy has a quick first step, uh, nonstop motor, uh, 34 and a half tackles for loss and 17 sacks over the past two years. So Gross Matos from Penn State goes here to the Titans. Ed? Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, they certainly need help, you know, on the defense. I, I think they could use a cornerback too and, uh, I still have Diggs, the Alabama kid out there. But I, I really like, you know, and this is one of my personal favorites in the draft, is the Utah cornerback, Jalen Johnson. Um, I think he's long. I think he's, he can cover and press. Uh, I think he could be a really good cornerback. I'm going to go with Utah's Jalen Johnson here. Matthew. A lot of needs they could go here. They could go corner. They could go tackle. They could go edge rusher. They could even go with a wide receiver. Uh, Yatura Gross Matos dropping on my board. I think they snap him up here at 29. <clears throat> Tennessee Titans, I, I, I think they go with Christ, Christian Fulton, uh, another LSU guy. LSU just had such a strong team last year, and he looked really good on tape. And uh, I'm going to go with uh, Christian Fulton uh, out of LSU for the uh, Tennessee Titans. And that brings us to the Green Bay Packers. Mo, what say you for well, the Chiefs? You know, 
outside of Devontae Adams, uh, you know, they, they struggle to find consistent production from wide receivers. Uh, they did sign Devin Funches to a one-year deal when the guy played half a game last year for the Colts. Uh, I'm going to take one of Ed's personal favorites off the board here. I'm taking Denzel Mims, wide receiver Baylor. <laughs> All right, Mo. <laughs> what say you? Yeah, I, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if Mims is one of my personal favorites. I know the Eagles really like him. I'm not. You know, I'm not 100% sold on him. But I, yeah, you're right, Mo. The Packers need a receiver. They need help on defense. And you know, I like Matthew's pick of Terrell Lewis. I know the Eagles are pretty high on him. He. Before everything got shut down, they had Terrell Lewis in as one of their uh, top 30 picks. They got seven guys in before everything got shut down, and Terrell Lewis was one of them. I just think there's a lot of red flags with him, though, the injuries, ACL situation, changed his last name for whatever reason. Um, So there's some issues, and I'm not sure teams have really worked through with him yet. I would take him at this pick, but I think I'll just go with the wide receiver and say Brandon Hyatt from Arizona State. Um. Matthew, remember several years ago when Aaron Rodgers flipped and fell into their lap? Well, Aaron Rodgers is getting up there in age. Sure, there are other needs, but, you know, why not? Why not? This is where Tua Tagovailoa goes, the quarterback from Alabama. He goes to the Packers at 30. Ooh, interesting. We'll see what happens there. I don't know that he's going to be available that far down, but we'll see. Green Bay Packers go with Denzel Mims. I'm going to go with uh, Mo's, uh, follow Mo, Mo's lead on, on that as well. And then this, we're back to the San Francisco 49ers. Mo, what's the San Francisco treat? Well, um, Richard Sherman's getting up there in age. Um, three of their top four cornerbacks are going to be unrestricted free agents after this season. I'm going to go with A.J. Terrell, cornerback Clemson. Ed, San Francisco 49ers. <clears throat> yeah, I had them uh, – I, I had, who did I have them taking earlier? Let's see, I had them taking Kinlaw, defensive tackle. They need receiver help. Uh, what receivers are still out there? Um, you know, there's plenty. I mean, you can find a receiver just about in any round in this draft. Um, uh, I'll probably have them taking uh, T. T. Uh, Higgins from Clemson at this point. Matthew, San Francisco 49ers. Book uh, with C. D. Lamb. Um, they take one of the two SEC corners. I'm assuming, based on what I see here, uh, Christian Fulton, the corner from LSU, will be the pick. So I have my pick here, but for some reason I thought that I already drafted him, and I got my list all messed up. Did I did I pick Dravon Diggs, guys? Can anybody tell me if I did or didn't? I don't recall. I don't think you did. I, I – Thought I still had him on my list. Okay, so that's who they go with, uh, Trevon Diggs with Alabama and the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, man, my brain is fried. But, hey, we have finally come to the fruition of it all. The Kansas City Chiefs, uh, Super Bowl champion. And, by the way, just for a side note, when, when talking about the Kansas City Chiefs, I saw yesterday where Patrick Mahomes' jersey sales um, are now the – uh, surpassed Tom Brady as the top all-selling jersey sales, uh, and that's Patrick Mahomes. So Kansas City Chiefs, uh, Mo, 
Well, you know, I I think since there are already a bunch of the top corners off the board, um, they're going to wait till round two probably to take a cornerback. Uh, they could use an upgrade at center. I like Cesar Ruiz uh, from Michigan. Uh, here's a guy who played, uh, started at center, also started at guard five times. Uh, I'm going to say the upgrade the offensive line goes to Cesar Ruiz here. And, uh, yeah, Cesar Ruiz is getting a lot of love for the Eagles. I'll tell you that. The Eagles have talked to him a lot. He's from uh, just over the river here in Camden, from Camden, New Jersey. Uh, grew up an Eagles fan. Uh, he's getting a lot of love in Philly. I just don't see them taking him at 21. Um, you know, center is certainly a spot that the Chiefs could address here. Uh, you know, you talk about Mahomes. I mean, that guy, you want to protect him at all costs. They probably have enough offensive weapons. They could use a cornerback. They could go. I still have Christian Fulton out there. Uh, but I think they'll go with the interior line. I think they'll go with center. And I think the best rated center is Lloyd Cushenberry from uh, LSU. So I'll have the Chiefs taking uh, taking him at, with the last pick of the first round. Matt, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, those are two names I see on the list in front of here, but I think I've seen more positive talk about late first-round picks about Ruiz, even though, honestly, I don't think either of these guys is worthy of a first-round selection, either Quisenberry or Ruiz. I mean, Kansas City could also go slot receiver. They could maybe even go a Brandon Ayuk here, even maybe a wide even a running back like a Jonathan Thomas or a John, or a Jonathan Taylor. But uh, I'm with you guys. Uh, I think if there is one good center out there, uh, the best center I think is Cesar Ruiz from Michigan. So that will be the last pick of the first round. Well, guys, I certainly agree that the Chiefs need to have a good center. I I, I think Caesar's not going to be there at the, at this pick. And, but I do think a very good uh, center for them is Matthew Hennessy from Temple. So I think that's going to be my pick for the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, guys, we made it through in spite of it all. It's time to wrap it up and put a bow on it. We'll start with you, Mo. Where can people find your work and masterpieces? Uh, well, other than the masterpieces I'm about to lay down here uh, in the toilet, uh, you can find it at Mo Radio Show on Twitter. <laughs> hopefully, you got, hopefully you got toilet paper, man. All right, buddy. You have yourself a good week. We're going to try to get everything together for draft night on Thursday. If you guys want to join us, I'll, more to come on that if we can get that get that put together. Uh, but uh, thanks, Bob, Mo, for joining us today. You have yourself a good day. All right, guys. See you. See you, Mo. Matthew Embry, WSBT up in South Bend. Where can people find your work masterpieces, sir? M-A-T-T-M-B-U-R-Y on Twitter. Of course, the IndyCar iRacing Challenge is at Twin Ring Motegi Japan today. And mm-hmm. a couple things. And with that one, uh, Scott McLaughlin my pick to win. But a little extra teaser on the mock draft in the second round. Watch on Friday for a lot of trade moving up, trying to get that first pick in the second round, possibly to take Jordan Luck. We'll see where Jordan Love goes. He's getting a lot of love, that's for sure. Um Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. Thank you, Matthew, for joining us in uh, SI.com. Uh, love following your work, uh, but where can people find your work in Masterpieces, sir? Yeah, thanks, Tom. Uh, Twitter, I usually tweet out everything, Kratz-E, K-R-A-C-Z-E, uh, or you just you know, sign in to SI.com. And if you want to see the Eagles, just go to their uh, Eagles page, and, uh, slash NFL, slash Eagles, and it brings you right there. Um, yeah, that's how you can find me. 
All right, buddy. You have yourself a good week, and we'll see what happens out here in the draft world. Yes, sir. Thanks, Tom. Have a good week. Thanks. You too. All right, guys, this has been the annual Balanced Mop Draft. Uh, appreciate you joining us. We've had a lot of fun with it, and we'll see where everything pans out. And we're going to try to put together a live draft show during the draft. We're going to see how we can get all the logistics put together on that. Remember to, to uh, get us on all of the places you can get your podcast at. Uh, tune in, Apple, Stitcher, wherever it might be that you get your uh, podcast that you can uh, find us there. My name is Tom Marquez, El Presidente. I'm out of here. Don't drink and drive. It isn't cool. Deuces. Join us next week for The Balance. In the meantime, check us out on Twitter, T-Balance, or Facebook, The Balance, or online at www.thebalanceonline.com.